The Guardian. Hi, howdy. I'm Caroline Lawrence. You're listening to the Guardian Children's Book Podcast. I'm going to read a little bit from the beginning of the first book in my new series, which I call The Western Mysteries. And this book is called The Case of the Deadly Desperados. I thought I'd just kick off by reading you the first page or so. My name is P.K. Pinkerton, and before this day is over, I will be dead. I am trapped down the deepest shaft of a Comstock silver mine with three desperados closing in on me. Until they find me, I have my pencil and these ledger sheets and a couple of candles. If I write small and fast, I might be able to write an account of how I came to be here. Then whoever finds my body will know the unhappy events that led to my demise, and they will also know who done it. This is what I would like my tombstone to say. P.K. Pinkerton, born in hard luck, September 26, 1850, died in Virginia City, September 28, 1862. Ye are all one in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3.28, R.I.P. That's certainly a gripping start to get people going. You're best known for the Roman mysteries and for books with a classics background. Why a Western? I've had the most fun researching the Roman mysteries over the last decade. I've been to Greece, I've been to Italy, I've been to North Africa, I've been to Turkey, going wherever the Romans were, having amazing experiences. And I've learned so much about Roman history, and I've absolutely loved it. But of course, whenever I have some money, I travel to the places where my Roman books were set. And my family is from California. They all live in the Bay Area, or in California, rather. And I was having a coffee with my mother about four years ago. Uh, and she lives in Palo Alto, Stanford University, which is in Silicon Valley. And it probably has the most beautiful climate in the world, and it's a beautiful place. And as I was sitting with her there, having a coffee, I thought, why am I not writing books that bring me to California regularly? And I thought, you know, I know so much more about Roman history than I know about American history, my own history. So I thought, I should write some books set in America. And just about that time, I had got reinterested in the Western genre, thanks to HBO's Deadwood, a quite violent but incredibly realistic TV series, which I love. And also I'd kind of started re-watching some of my favorite Westerns and just... I was blown away by how great some of them were. So I thought, I'm going to write Western mysteries, and I can spend the next decade traveling around the Western United States to places I'd never been, like the Grand Canyon or Monument Valley or the Black Hills, um, which is where Deadwood is set, or um, even parts of California I hadn't been to. And it was, it's one of those moments writers get, which is like, I call the eureka moment, when, or the light bulb moment, like in a cartoon when the character gets a good idea. And I just had this epiphany sitting there that I'll write Western mysteries. But it actually took me a while to figure out where to set the books. 
The Roman mysteries are set in a really specific place and time. They're set in Ostia, the port of Rome, and they kick off in 79 AD with the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. So I know exactly what day I'm on and what the phases of the moon are and who was emperor and everything. And I needed to find a place and a time for the Roman mysteries, the Western mysteries, I mean. So that took me about three years to figure out where to set it and when to set it. I went to see my son, who was living down in Los Angeles in the San Gabriel Mountains. And the first morning I was there, I went for a walk, and there's a whole national park up there. And I got a map there at the lodge, the ranger's lodge. And I was looking at this map, and the place names were amazing. Things like Mount Disappointment, and a, a town called Hard Luck, and a trail called Doc Larson's Demise. And I thought, this is gold dust. So I thought, I'm going to set the books here. But in the end, I decided not to set them in Southern California. In the end, I settled on Virginia City, Nevada. And what kind of research did you do into Virginia City, Nevada? What decided me to go there was that there's still a kind of living ghost town there. It was a silver mooning boom town that was not in existence in 1858, but had something like 20,000 people two years later and was growing fast. And within a year or two after that was probably the richest town in America. But the clincher for me was that Mark Twain arrived there as a 29-year-old reporter for the first newspaper in Virginia City, the Territorial Enterprise. And there were also lots of other really interesting people. And there were a lot of gunfights. The kind of myth of the gunfight, you know, is pretty much a legend. There were really only in a few places where they really occurred. But in 1863 in Virginia City, there were probably a dozen shootings. And so it's really a place where everyone carried a revolver. The other fascinating thing is he arrived in 1862, which is the second year of the Civil War, so I could work in what's going on back east with the Civil War, while out west all the cowards have gone west to make their fortune um, mining silver. So it's just a fascinating place. I went there for the first time in 2008 with my sister, Jennifer, and we went on a kind of road trip. And when we got there, we hadn't even set foot in the town before we started meeting the most amazing characters who just gave us tons of information. It was just a kind of confirmation, this is the right place to be. There are some writers of uh, historical fiction for children, Michelle Paver in particular, who have a pledge to do whatever their characters do. So <laughs> can you ride a horse without a saddle and shoot a gun? <laughs> oh boy. If you were going to ask me to do what my characters do, I'd have to do a lot of edgy things. But I'm like Michelle. Um, for my Roman mysteries, when a character is bled, they get that's where they cut you and they put a bleeding cup over you and they suck out the blood. I actually had that done to me by a Chinese acupuncture guy. Um, so that's pretty out there. What I've done so far for the Western mysteries is I've tried chewing tobacco because there are a lot of people in America who still use it. And we were in Tucson Studios, old Tucson Studios in Arizona, Richard and I, and my sister. And I saw this guy with chewing tobacco. I was asking them if they had a spittoon, because I love artifacts, and I'm holding my spittoon now. It looks like a kind of a plant potter, or maybe a chamber pot. It's made of brass, and it's shiny. And I love the artifacts. If you're writing a detective series and a historical fiction series, you need the concrete articles to kind of bring the world alive. So I was asking for a spittoon, and she said, no, we don't have one. And the guy said, uh, I just use a coffee cup. And I said, you chew tobacco? And he said, yeah, I got some with me here. 
And he goes, would you like to try a little? I go, yeah. So he cut off a jaw of tobacco. And he said, now you put it in your mouth between your cheek and your gum. And you don't chew it. It's called chewing tobacco, but you just let it sit there. And don't swallow whatever you do. And I put it in, and the saliva starts to come. He said, don't swallow the saliva. And I'm, but how can it have an effect? He goes, it just does. It gets in your blood system through the mouth lining. So I started to feel a little bit queasy and a little bit sick. And he said, okay, you got to go outside and spit it out because you can't spit it out in here. So I went out onto the boardwalk, and there was this big sign that said, no spitting, fine $100. <laughs> so I had to go out into the street and spit it out. So I've tried chewing tobacco. I've tried firing a revolver, which was huge fun, at the Cowboy Fast Draw at the Genoa Cowboy Festival. I'm having to learn how to play faro, which was a card game even more popular than poker. But I probably will not take up smoking a cigar. I've tried riding a horse as well, and that, was, that left my ribs aching for half a year, but I'm going to persist. But it's, it's huge fun, and I totally agree with Michelle Paver that you should experience as much of what your characters experience as possible. Roman Mysteries, there's 20 books in the series. What's in store for the Western Mysteries? Well, I wrote two books a year, at least, sometimes three, and I thought I'm going to just give myself a little bit more space and really take my time and enjoy myself. So I've set myself the goal of one book a year, and Orion have very kindly paid me for four books, so they're definitely going to be four books. But I envisage that the next decade will be a decade devoted to the Western Mysteries, and I'm just going to have so much fun. It's quite funny because I was uh, visiting my family um, last month in California, and my brother said, what are you going to do after the Western Mysteries? And I said, well, maybe something set in San Francisco. And he said, you could do the hippie mysteries set in the 1960s. So, but I probably won't. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the hippie it mysteries. That sounds instead fantastic. Of, instead of the something case, it could be the trip or something. <laughs> For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.